0: They played Hob with the world's equations. Today on Dumpster Book Club, we're talking about The Wandering Variables by Lewis Trimble. I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Mimi.
0: And this book really wants you to know, it's not the size that matters, it's how you use it. Except the actual moral is that if your body doesn't fit with your current society's projection of beauty, just rewrite society where actually you're (laughs) the hottest (laughs) and everyone else is ugly.
1: So based on the cover, this looked like it was another chance to find a fun math adventure. (laughs) It's not that.
0: No. There's... Less math even than Probability Man. <laughs> Maybe about the same, I guess.
1: So the cover has some maths on it, some equations.
0: Yeah, is one of those equations, though, the square root of 2 plus 1? <laughs> is that what that is?
1: I think that's an N. This person doesn't have great handwriting. Oh, okay. Um, there's a grid, some plotted points. Then there's a a green lady with sixties hair.
0: I didn't even see the grid and the points, but yeah. yeah,
1: those are those are the wandering variables oh, yeah, okay. on the grid. yeah, okay, I see it. Um, and then there's a uh, some old guys. One's got striped.
0: A lot of details on the faces.
1: <laughs> some pink and blue striped skin.
0: They do mention the the weird colored skins of everyone. And I didn't really think much of it while I was reading it. But then on the cover, they really drew the colors. Yeah. And especially there is a brief mention of a person who has striped skin. And I thought it was just saying he had tan lines or (laughs) something else. But on the cover, it's he literally has horizontal turquoise and pink stripes across (laughs) his face.
1: Well, I think we'll explain that later. Um, so while I was trying to find more information about Lewis Trimble, I did find a lot more information about the artist who is Frank Kelly Frias, who did a ton of sci-fi covers like this.
0: Would you say this is an, uh, emblematic of his work
1: or? No. <laughs> um, no, he did a lot of stuff and it's kind of well, it's just like, Hundreds of these. Yeah.
0: Um, so this one's like, ah, oh, math. Uh, yeah. Take this one.
1: <laughs> um, but I also found the original painting of this cover for sale.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: Do you want to take a guess at the price for this original artwork?
0: Uh, five ninety nine, five dollars
1: and ninety nine cents, <laughs> not six hundred dollars. <laughs> $3,500. Wow. <laughs> um, What's the medium? It said it was a painting. I don't know. Oh. Oh, oil, acrylic? I, I'm not sure.
0: That's. But. Wow. If we ever become millionaires, we'll decorate this room with the originals of all <laughs> these horrible books.
1: <laughs> um, And one more note about the cover there is an ebook of this book. Of this book available, and the cover looks like a textbook, which really doesn't <laughs> yeah. represent the story whatsoever. <laughs>
0: um, so is it Lewis Trimble, Louise Trimble, Lois Trimble? I never know how you're gonna pronounce that name.
1: Uh, I did not confirm the pronunciation, but I've been saying Lewis Trimble. <laughs> and there's not a ton of information about him, so That did lead me to a lot of wild speculation that I think I'll come back to (laughs) at the end. But what I did find is that he was a logger and a house painter, but then later became an instructor and professor of humanities and social studies at the University of Washington.
0: Wait, he's American? Yes. That's weird. The book uses it's like British. He uses British spellings for things.
1: What? I don't remember that. Like
0: I think color is spelled with a u and there's it's all the the British way of writing things. I mean, I, I don't do. I don't have examples cuz <laughs> I just assumed he was British.
1: No, um yeah, no. He's from Washington, I think. He also did some work in applied linguistics and
0: What is Applied Linguistics?
1: I tried to figure out what exactly it was that he was doing, and I found, like, a paper that he had written, and I didn't want to pay to read the actual paper, (laughs) but I was not able to make sense of the abstract. Okay. As a member of the Washington School, he advanced the... The Grammatical Rhetorical Position in English for Science and Technology Research, which argued that linguistic analysis of scientific discourse should consider the ways in which various rhetorical functions manifested grammatically in texts at the discourse level.
0: Wow. I think if I had an afternoon, I could uh, (laughs) discern that passage.
1: And yeah, I... I don't think that his um his background in humanities, social studies, or linguistics came through in this book whatsoever. No,
0: it's very <laughs> like a like a kid had a, a basic grasp of, I don't know, something and <laughs> wrote a weird little story.
1: And I you know, I thought maybe maybe this was written early in his career. But it wasn't. This oh. is one of his like latest works. Wow!
0: Huh. And uh, I definitely wouldn't imagine an adult wrote this, or like a <laughs> like an older person.
1: Uh, and for the most part, uh, he did write a ton of stuff, but it was mainly like westerns and mysteries, hmm. and then some science fiction later on. It
0: does kind of have a western feel, a little bit to me.
1: In what way? <laughs>
0: Just the way there's kind of like a like a white hat hero and a black hat villain, and they kind of have like these sort of standoffs, and they're like trying to get the upper hand of each other and I don't know imagine that the expedition was a train, and they're like going off in the wilderness on the side and coming back and maybe <laughs> i' I don't know I haven't read very many westerns I've watched a lot of westerns so.
1: All right, well, let's get into the wandering variables.
0: So our main character is Jano Keegan. Jano Kagan. Jano. (laughs) Jano Kagan, um, who is horribly small. And ugly. Is a pug face. (laughs) And was he under five foot four or something?
1: He's very short. (laughs) He's
0: very short. This is a universe in which you can get plastic surgery to fix all of your problems. Both his height and his pug face could have been fixed, and he chooses not to. Kind of like Planet Probability. Oh, or right. Probability Man.
1: Except he's like very insecure about his height.
0: The first 75 pages, I would say you can't go a paragraph without mentioning his size, either himself or some other character either thinking about or outwardly mentioning his size. The book definitely will not let you forget that he is small and everyone thinks less of him for being small, <laughs> including himself. He is some kind of space park ranger. He goes and lives on alien planets and survives with indigenous alien populations that are below the technological level of spaceflight. And studies them, preserves them, does not, something.
1: Not totally clear what his day job is.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. But today he has been hired by the Charter Worlds, which is one of two great powers in this universe. I'm guessing they are the United States analog <laughs> or the Allies
1: Versus Argo.
0: Yes, which definitely has a Soviet communist feel, the way they talk about it. Even their, like, main, the main guy who represents them is (laughs) red-skinned. But I guess they could also be the Axis or something else. Um,
1: Just good guys, bad guys. Yes.
0: And the Charter Worlds has hired him to find a Dr. Tandy Venner, And protect her and bring her back safely to Charter World's headquarters.
1: Dr. Tandy Venner is a big lady.
0: And the book will not let you forget how big she is.
1: So she's like over six foot six, I think. She's also described as being both heavy and like incredibly muscular. Mm -hmm. Um, She does some incredible feats of strength. And, like, uses her weight to, like, do some things. Yeah. Uh, but Lewis Trimble gives an exact weight for her, which makes no sense with her height and the way she's described. She would be severely underweight. <laughs> and it's like... Um, Are you
0: sure it wasn't some other system of weighing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it reminded me of The Knot World, where...
0: Oh, the the, author the is like is, like so fat but then she's like
1: yeah her weight is not that big and then also the muscular characters would also be severely underweight the Mm -hmm. way they're described i don't think lewis trimble understands bmi or anything like that (laughs) but um she's meant to be a, a big strong lady she's also a genius she's invented a special computer uh that
0: computes yes equations yeah is what it's designed to do
1: uh, i think it also interfaces with a human brain so it's yeah. like can be way more powerful than other I think, computers i think it's
0: supposed to compute questions you have before you think of them or something like that i don't know it it's unclear
1: a little vague why it's useful did she name this computer someone named it <laughs> I don't And the computer she designed is the Wiener 40X5. (laughs) She also is described as basically knowing more about computers than the world around her.
0: She's supposed to be kind of aloof and she doesn't have street smarts, but also doesn't really know or care about the political situation or what's going on in the greater universe around her.
1: There's like a whole page also that just lists her credentials where she's got like a ton of degrees She's the youngest class one or something. Mm. Anyway, she decided to do some tests with her own computer, fed some test data into her brain, and and now her brain is full of some deeply buried economic data of some kind.
0: That she doesn't even know. And Argo wants that information. And the only way to get it is to drill into her brain, not literally, but with some sort of thing, and it will leave her brain dead. So Charter Worlds wants Jano to get her uh, because she decided to go on vacation after this happened, and she's just on a (laughs) weird little...
1: Yeah, she's decided to go on vacation for like the first time in her life. She saved up all of her paid time off days, and she's going to take this vacation.
0: Most of the vacation staff has been infiltrated by Argo spies, so Jano has to sneak in and get her to safety.
1: The lead spy is named Mingo, who's our main bad guy.
0: So the vacation they're on is a sort of... It's on a walk through this mysterious planet that no one's allowed to get off of the path of. And while you're on the path, you drink this special wine that lowers your inhibitions.
1: The participants are all conditioned. So that removes inhibitions and worries. And by the end of this like 12 day hike, you come back psycho cleansed, healthy in mind and body. Mm-hmm. Rico. So the first time we're introduced to Tandy, she's high out of her mind and basically making guys fight for her, which I think one of these guys is an agent for Argo. And then Jano shows up and she picks him as her champion and they have to fight each other. But Tandy ends the fight by stomping her full weight onto this guy's spine, killing him.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty horrifying. <laughs> uh,
1: and then there's another lady who's, like, got beef with Tandy, and she kind of does a Lenny small on her, or she just, like, grabs her hair and shakes her and breaks her neck. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and this whole time she's kind of, like, Very loosely aware of what's going on. And uh, Jano and Tandy don't want to get in trouble for now killing two of the Trek participants and escape into the river.
0: Yeah, the Trek is bordered by two rivers and going through the river undoes all the conditioning. So they become lucid and she realizes that she killed those two people. But then also, I guess a part of the conditioning also protects you from the environment of this planet, which is the sun is very damaging to your skin and a lot of the plants are dangerous.
1: So one other thing also with the conditioning is that that whole first uh section where they're on the track the colors are all like this is where we get the descriptions of the people with the striped skin mm-hmm. and her skin is green and other people are red or pink as soon as the conditioning wears off like the grass and sky return to like normal colors yeah. and it didn't specifically clarify it but i don't think their skin is actually green and i don't think that guy is actually striped yeah but that's that never um that never really gets explained other than just everything else in the environment returns to normal so Mm. after this big psychedelic section then we get into like the survival section where it's like if you ever read my side of the mountain i did not A kid decides he's going to run away from home and goes out into the wilderness and crafts himself a (laughs) bow and arrow and kills deer and makes himself some leather clothes. So Tandy is like this computer genius so, obviously, she's able to use her gigantic brain for survival techniques and yeah. outdoor crafting.
0: And Jano has all his experience.
1: She does things like she creates a needle and stitches cloaks out of leaves for both of them and creates glass and ceramic pots and pans. And they end up, like, comically overloaded with <laughs> yeah. survival items that they They really made.
0: make more than they need. Like, <laughs> they don't need a teapot, <laughs> but they made one.
1: Um, And there was a quote that I thought was really funny here Where Lewis Trimble is really trying to show how intelligent Dr. Tandy is Think of something, she said sharply She had a sudden crazy desire to giggle What she needed was a computer She could feed it all the data and let it come up with the answer Data, she said A dangerous sun, tree shade Short grass, thorny bushes, wiry, nasty vines with big, flat leaves. Tandy clapped her hands. That was it. Used the leaves to make a portable patch of shade for herself. <laughs> then, like a turtle, she could crawl wherever she wanted.
0: <laughs> she really used that data.
1: <laughs> um, yes.
0: So, after they survive for a while... They do a bunch of survival activities, make a bunch of stuff. They stumble upon some native aliens who tie them up and capture them and take them to their village, where they're brought to a hut that has a magical voice in it. This voice is speaking the same language that Jano and Tandy speak, and it becomes clear that... The aliens are some sort of experiment this person is running.
1: They're like a professor or a grad student or something like that. Yeah.
0: Apparently the reason why this planet is so mysterious and off limits is a bunch of professors and students claimed it and are running illegal experiments trying to watch the development of society in pre-societal cultures and aliens and stuff.
1: And the the Charter Worlds told them they had to be providing something towards the common good to continue operating. So they opened one portion of the planet up for the trek for people.
0: But it also does say that it was also a benefit for the professors because they could watch. (laughs) (laughs) Watch all these uninhibited people. But... By running into these villagers, Jano and Tandy are messing up the equation. And they are extra variables. Messing everything up by introducing whatever knowledge they have to these people. So that's where... They're the the variables that keep wandering (laughs) into other people's equations. But that's it for the math. They just say there's an equation and that Tandy and Jano are variables. But... Here, Tandy passes her charisma check and then another computer's check and wins the favor of this scientist.
1: Well, she's famous for...
0: She built the wiener that (laughs) that scientist is using to do his equations. (laughs) And the scientist points them to a direction where they could get to the end of the trek so they could get around Mingo... And if they can get to the exit point of the trek, then Mingo can't get them because I don't know.
1: That's like the rendezvous point to get picked up by the charter world. I felt like this section, where they're like dealing with these professors and students and what they're doing, seemed like heavily influenced by Foundation. Hmm. Where all their experiments is like what they're trying to study and do is very much like the psychohistory stuff from that. But, yeah. but then they head out and we end up in a completely different section of the book.
0: This is the biggest part of the book. Of the 150 pages, this is a hundred of them. <laughs> up till, We're on like page 60 or something. And then the rest is this section
1: and this really felt like it was just the jano show like
0: it was awful i was all right the book was okay up to here they're just going on a little adventure and surviving in this world weird world and talking about how small jano is and how big tandy is <laughs> and,
1: yeah and then tandy basically does almost nothing
0: she makes some tea <laughs>
1: And somehow they end up inside another one of the experiments. And this one seems to be like a recreation of ancient China, but with slightly different metalworking technologies and resources available, which I guess is what they're studying here. Like, what if?
0: Yeah. It seems unclear how any of this will help society or (laughs) teach them anything.
1: There's two warring groups. One has developed catapults, and...
0: The other one has fireworks, but not guns.
1: And basically, Jano comes up with this elaborate scheme to convince these groups that he and Tandy were sent here by the gods. So he does some magic tricks that he knows. and But then most of the plan... Entirely hinges on a Dubin bone implant in his leg where he's got a bone from some other animal. He
0: just has a barometer in his leg.
1: And it tells him when a storm is coming. So it's a really good thing that there happened to be a storm coming that no one could tell that he could predict.
0: Well, supposedly the scientist controls the weather. So... That's why he couldn't tell a storm was coming because the scientists just like press the storm button.
1: <laughs> well, how could he tell with his bone? Because <laughs> the
0: pressure, the air pressure went up. The barometer.
1: All right. Well, he predicts the storms and says that he's bringing it. And anyway, so he convinces one of the groups, but then he has to go talk to the other group, and he fails to convince the the emperor there, and ends up in jail multiple times, mm-hmm. but keeps trying. And after the first time, it's a really good thing that Jano decided to craft some lock picks, hide them in every single jail cell, when we weren't looking, it's not described yeah. in the narrative, uh, just in case they ended up in jail that second time. Mm-hmm.
0: This whole part is like Jano's working on Batman levels of forethought.
1: At one point, Tandy asks... Why don't we just uh, escape?
0: Yeah, why don't we just leave? And We're just trying to get through.
1: Great question. And Jano's like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And then eventually Jano convinces them and he's got this grand plan for peace between the two groups which involves giving them all guns. But finally they're brought to like the temple to communicate with their god, which is just another grad student. Mm -hmm. And they are able to negotiate with her. Well, they
0: basically threaten to ruin her equation even more. Like, hey, we already fucked up your whole experiment. We're just going to ruin it even more if you don't let us through.
1: Yeah. Then we get to the ending where there's a hot air balloon escape. It's like, oh, remember that time that we constructed this hot air balloon and we just (laughs) happened to have it handy now, even though we never talked about it in the narrative? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) And they're like almost to the end, but basically Jano decides, oh yeah, Jano and Tandy are in love now. Yes. Although we did not build towards this at all. I
0: think... It did kind of build in the survive, the my side of the mountain part. Yeah. Where they're like, they don't really like each other, but then they're kind of working together. And Jano recognizes how smart Tandy is. And then Tandy's like, well, he's little, but he can do all these things. <laughs> like a, a relationship starts to build, but then it kind of turns off when they get to the ancient China part where Jano's just like, I'm the best. Look at all these things I'm doing. Yeah.
1: And Tandy's just like, uh, why are we doing this? Can we just go?
0: So, it was, the, it was there a little bit. get a little bit of it.
1: Okay, so they're in love now. And Jano decides that Tandy would be miserable going back to being confined indoors with her computers and under security protection because... I don't know. Uh, Seems
0: like she would like that. Yeah,
1: so... <laughs> <laughs> she
0: spent her whole life up until now locked in rooms with computers.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, instead... They should hide out with the professors here on this planet in secret and not go back to Charter Worlds. Um, and there was even a quote from Tandy where she said, "It would be kind of nice to be with my computers again." <laughs> instead of going back, Jano decides they'll they'll stay there together, which means instead they get their memories wiped and now live in one of the experiments as some kind of early settler. And Tandy becomes Jano's senior wife, which I think implies polygamy. And then the grad students decide to also condition Mingo and throw him in there as a variable. Mm -hmm. The end.
0: Yeah, ending's pretty rough. It's
1: a little dark.
0: (laughs) It seems like Jano got his power fantasy. Oh, yeah. So in the world they've created for him actually being little is sexy and he's the littlest guy so he's the sexiest guy but for ladies being big is sexy so yeah. tandy is the sexiest lady but tandy didn't really have any body image issues she's like oh, i'm kind of big but she you know had whatever some
1: also low self-esteem around that but not as much as jade
0: <laughs> yeah i mean she said she had trouble <laughs> getting a boyfriend or something because she was so much bigger but she's like eh I just like doing athletic stuff and computers, and I'm happy, whereas uh Jano could not let it go, how small he was, and then yeah he he supposedly has multiple wives, and he's the one who likes living on pre society worlds or yeah uh, pre culture or whatever he likes he likes that Tandy likes computers and swimming, I guess
1: <laughs> interesting ending
0: yeah. I wish the book had just kind of been the first... If it just been like a fun little survival on an alien planet where they have to use their wits to to get through. So that was kind of fun, at the beginning. I didn't mind that part.
1: Yeah, it was a little goofy. Certainly. But um, yeah, it just really got worse and worse. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to also mention the writing style because it really reminded me of the Cosmozoids. Basically just incredibly simple writing. Like, Jano did this. Tandy did this. Yes, yes. Then he did this. I just wanted to read a passage. Jano spread out two short bolero type jackets and two pairs of wide legged trousers. Tandy set battered straw slippers alongside. There's more too, but it isn't very serviceable. Jano put on a jacket. He pulled on a pair of trousers. Tandy giggled. <laughs> But most of the book is like this. Yeah, it is. I really wonder what kind of linguistic analysis this Lewis Trimble was up to.
0: Yeah, that does not fit well with that abstract you read or any of his other titles.
1: I don't think that he was particularly good at writing women. I wonder if he's ever met a woman before. I think probably the worst was Jano's descriptions of Tandy. Well, both Jano and the narration uh, where she's repeatedly described as like innocent, naive, ingenuous, childlike. Mm -hmm. And while also really having her be like sexual love interest and like her character is kind of a mess where it's like she's supposed to be this, like, really strong, intelligent character, but then mm-hmm. it's like just,
0: I don't know. Well, she goes back and forth because she has moments where she uses her wits or intelligence or physical strength to do stuff, but then there's other moments where those disappear and she's like, what's going on?
1: And then, yeah. oh, just yeah yeah.
0: I think a lot of this fits into my theory on who this book is for as to why she's written this way. But you can continue your thought. (laughs)
1: Um, Every so often there would be like brief discussion about kind of not judging people by their appearance and like, you know, saying that women should be able to do things like program computers and stuff like that. But then Jano and the narrator continue to judge Tandy and others by their appearances throughout the book and this like bizarre focus on their heights. And, then how Tandy just becomes an afterthought during the second half of the book where she's just there following Jano's lead and doing almost nothing. And then all of her agency completely removed in the ending. Yeah. Where Jano makes this huge decision for her, deciding that's what would be best. And
0: he gets his fantasy world.
1: Did you have thoughts on what was the point of this book?
0: I think who this book is for... And kind of the point of this book is if you have an Amazon fetish (laughs) or a size difference fetish, which are both real fetishes that people have. Yeah. um, I think that really explains Tandy's character being both but super physically strong and smart and so much better than Jano and also just all the descriptions of their size difference. And then also her being naive and childlike and simple. And then the ending, especially where he gets his like fantasy world. I think there's a certain kind of people with a certain kind of kink that this book (laughs) will speak to very clearly.
1: Yeah, when I was trying to think of who this book is for, that is exactly what came to mind. The the big woman little man fetish. <laughs> and I made some notes of like, examples from the book that kind of both examples of their like, obsession with size but also kind of their low self-esteem jano at the beginning was talking about himself saying like of course some women like small compact men with unusual faces (laughs) and tandy uh later asks him then why did they pick you she broke off And Jano goes, why did they pick Jano Keegan when there are other survival experts? Why didn't they pick someone closer to your size? Someone better looking? Is that what you're asking? (laughs) Uh, Then Jano later, uh, towards the end of the book, stop treating me like a small child. Just a small man, she said. (laughs) She leaned forward and kisses his nose. And then this passage from the ending "'on their settler world.' "'He smiled benignly "'as he watched the men come into the compound. "'Not a one was shorter than he, "'nor was there a woman more beautifully large "'than his senior Mm -hmm. wife.' As if sensing his thoughts, Tandy squeezed his hand. You are a true chieftain. Look at how the men loom above you (laughs) and see how the women envy me for having so small a husband and how the men envy my having you. Jano said, as it is spoken, the larger, the female, the more beautiful, the smaller, the male, the more brave. And how true it is that from down low shall he lead them.
0: Like you feel almost uncomfortable. At, like, the sexualness of that whole part.
1: Yeah. How tall do you think Lewis Trimble was? (laughs) (laughs) So one other thing that I did find while I was trying to get more information on Lewis Trimble, an anonymous comment on someone's review of this book from someone who claimed to be a close friend of his. So he said, Lewis Trimble was a good friend of mine. After he was well-established as a writer, he went back to graduate school for an advanced degree in linguistics. The Wandering Variables is his way of skewering some of the self-absorbed, self-importance graduate departments drive their students into. Lewis certainly didn't take this novel seriously, so I think you're headed in the right direction with your observations.
0: I guess I can see that with the students and the professors and their stupid experiments on the planet. But it was such a small part of it.
1: Compared to, like, the size fetish stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if his friend is just trying to defend his legacy. Well, (laughs) he
0: could have been thinking that when he wrote it, but he was overwhelmed by uh, dirty thoughts or something. (laughs) Well, that's it for The Wandering Variables. If you'd like to join us next month for our Halloween special episode, we are reading Nightblood by Eric
1: Flanders. You can contact us at dumpsterbookclub at gmail.com or join our group on Goodreads.